Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls. Grateful as always to be here. I'm grateful for you listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much. And today we also want to give special thanks to our sponsor today. Today is brought to you by Arter Boutique. Uh, you can support us by supporting them at artershop.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-S-H-O-P.com. Our guest today is an interesting, interesting man. Uh, I can't wait to, for him to share a little bit about his background and his philosophies on business and, and life and children, etc. Uh, today, uh, let me introduce Paul Gardner. Paul's an entrepreneur, a business owner. He's, he's a dad many times, so a dad of five boys and one girl. It's hard to fit all that in my head. He's a husband <laughs> and, and so much more. And so with that, Paul, what, fill in any blanks that I may have missed. <laughs> well, it sounded like a pretty good intro. Now I'm overwhelmed by how many kids I have. Every time someone talks about it, it sounds more overwhelming. <laughs> so I can remember one time I, was, I showed up at church and uh, I was getting out of the vehicle and I noticed this line of kids getting out of another vehicle. And I told my wife, I said, they have so many kids. And she looked at me, she goes, are you kidding? And I'm like, no. She goes, they have four. We have six. <laughs> I started laughing. So yeah, sometimes we forget. Um, specifically, you know, how, how we're getting by so easily because of our wives. And so I got to give my wife credit on, on, on the home front when it comes to our children and we, we homeschool as well. So she, she takes on a lot and, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to have six children, but I'm more blessed to have a wife that handles things at home and allows me to do what I love to do. Um, well, uh, to tell you a little bit about myself outside of my family, um, I uh, went to college in uh, Pensacola, Florida, at a private uh, school, Pensacola Christian College. And I actually went to school for uh, criminal justice. I had this ambition of being in law enforcement and really just trying to figure myself out at the time I was in college. You know, I was probably more concerned about girls and soccer and things that really didn't uh, help me out in my future. And specifically, you know, I got out of school and my wife and I were scheduled to get married within a couple months. And I figured, well, I better figure out this whole job situation. So the first, uh, the first opportunity that allowed itself was working in corrections and I hated okay. it. So if oh, you, really? if you, <laughs> yeah, uh, working at a correction facility, uh, it's, it's a learning experience, just to say the least. I, it, I was all hyped up about it when I was going through training and you know, I was actually at the FBI Academy in Quantico is where they did the training. And so it was soon after that, I actually was, you know, working within the jail and it just was not very fun. And I can remember I was working there for about a month as a prison guard 
And all of a sudden, I heard someone call my name out loud. Said Paul, Paul, and I turned around, and it was uh, a, <laughs> it, was, it was an inmate that knew me from baseball when I was playing little league. And I thought it was, I was like, oh, this is not how I want to know people. But uh, so I lasted in that industry for a few months, and then specifically, I found myself uh, working for the company I had worked through all through college, and I worked with a, a very smart business owner, somebody who was a serial entrepreneur, and. Uh, I really thought highly of him and I had a lot of respect for him. And specifically, you know, he just very much uh, had these ideas of what he was going to do with me. Now that I had decided, Hey, you know what? I wasn't going to pursue that, 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 that world anymore of law enforcement. And it just a light bulb went off and I thought, well, I'll start my own business, not knowing what I was getting into. And so I had this idea. It was kind of an overnight idea, but I, expanded on that idea within a matter of days, you know, I had months accumulate months of knowledge and I went directly into business for myself. And the, the business I, I felt secure in at the time was the sign business. And and specifically the reason why was because at the time I was, uh, I had raced, uh, all, you know, all through my teenage years, I had raced stock cars and go-karts before that. And uh, yeah. I had a lot of experience putting vinyl on cars. So I thought, man, I'll just start a sign company. Uh, yeah. My first and all I had done at the time was put vinyl on cars. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the uh, the first job I got was literally a sign for a car dealership, and I didn't even know where to start. And so I was scrambling to learn how to make a sign because I had never made a sign before. Here I'd opened a sign shop and never made a sign. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there wasn't a lot of thought well, into it. Uh, so one of my one of the mentors in the John Maxwell team always says, you know, you you jump and build your wings on the way down, but that's uh, that's an extreme case of building your wings on the way down. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you, I lost a lot of money that first job. <laughs> Luckily, at the time, my wife was working as well. She was working in Washington D.C. for a law firm, so she was the breadwinner for a while. And uh, while I was trying to figure it all out. And so I was very, very fortunate and blessed that I had a lot of mentors at the time. At the time, I didn't know they were really mentors, right? I just, they were everyday sign guys, sign painters. And I would walk in their shop and just try to take in as much knowledge as I could early on. And some of them, you know, it wasn't long before they realized I was competition and they didn't want me in the shop anymore. But um, I, I wasn't there to just take, I was there to you know, be involved and make the industry better. And um, I was fortunate enough that there were people that took the time to teach me the industry. That's awesome. So, go ahead. I, I was just, it, it provoked the thought, this, this notion of, of mentors. Um, and my son who's 17, uh, as you and I talked, uh, you know, every once in a while he'll ask me about, you know, what, what would I do different, et cetera, et cetera. And, for sure, the first thing I would do is uh, choose better mentors, um, and and be very intentional about thinking through and, and where it was I wanted to go, who to look for in a mentor. And of course, at at seventeen or eighteen, I didn't, I probably didn't even know. Um, so I think if I could tell myself one thing, it's it would be uh, figure out who to, who would be a good mentor, and then and then seek them out. In your case, it sounds like you weren't super intentional about it, at least not initially. You just happen to be in the right place, which is super cool. Yeah. And I will say that's, you make a good point because I wasn't, I was too immature and young to realize what I was getting into. 
But what I did specifically gain was knowledge of the industry, but I didn't gain a lot of knowledge about business. And it wasn't until years later, I realized there was a whole business aspect to having a business than just understanding the trade. And so it, it came full circle, hit me in the face hard because it really happened by having children. And, um, you know, as I mentioned before, it was soon after my wife had our second child, she's like, I want to be home with the kids. And hmm. it, it really wasn't something we'd had a big discussion about prior to that. But when we had that discussion, it was something that I realized was going to happen. And we needed to figure out how we were going to make it work on my income alone. And it was then that I got real serious about business. The fact is that I got so serious about business, I obligated myself to work as much as I had to in order to be successful. And that, unfortunately, was a sacrifice on my family. So ultimately, what took years for me to realize is I was sacrificing all that time with my children in order for me to be successful at, 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 at the business. And yeah, I was providing, but I wasn't providing at home. And so yeah. it was my, my son, um, I'd been in business about 10 years and one of my sons had a program going on that evening and he asked me if I was going to be there. And I said, no, son, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it. I got a lot of work and I've got to, I've got to put in the hours and get the work done. And his response was, yeah, that's what I figured you were going to say. You never come to anything for me. You're always working. And that just hit me like a dagger in the heart. And I just felt like I had failed as a father. And that was the first intervention for me to realize, okay, I got to figure out how to be a successful business owner. And that entails me being a successful father. Otherwise, I don't need to be here. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Well, A, the, it's so common that a good technician whether it's in the sign industry or the concrete industry, or the roofing industry or the accounting industry, but somebody that's good at the job um, realizes, Hey, I want to do this on my own. And, and as you just mentioned, right, they, they know the trade, but they don't know the first thing about business. And then we, so then we put our head down and plow forward and we, but we, you know, for the most part, if we're bold enough to start on our own, we probably have good work ethic as well. And so we just keep plowing ahead. And the excuse, I think that, at least I've, I've used and I've heard other people use is you justify it because you're working for your family, right? Mm. Like, like that's, that's the, that's the out we give ourselves. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the program tonight, son, but I'm working to provide for you. So, right. So, so what a blessing that a, you had a son that said, yeah, I figured. And then that you actually, that you recognized it instead of just showing it off. So, so once that took place, then, so, where do you go to get a, a, a business yeah. degree when you're in the business? What was your next step? Yeah. yeah. At that point, I'm committed, right? I mean, I'm committed. But I remember I remember, I was, I was eating lunch with my pastor, and he said to me that – and it really didn't stick out to me the way it does now because I recognize now what he meant by it. But he said, you can't choose your kids' memories. You know, they're going to have their memories, and you can't choose those for them. They basically are going to make – memories based on circumstances in their life. And so yeah. you can't alter that decision, you know, that they decide to think of things certain ways. So when my son was saying that to me, it was a very authentic, you know, thought that he had in his mind. It wasn't him trying to intentionally insult me or, or degrade my, my existence as a father. But at the time he was sharing his thoughts, his memories and what had happened in the previous, in the previous instances like that. And so it was a wake up call for me. 
And I realized then I was like, I got to really figure this out. And then of course you've probably read E-Myth, you know, that was a book that was heavy on my list of like, man, I got, I've got to start, you know, investing in myself, not here. I'd learned the trade, you know, the sign industry. I was at the time and I was one of the better, you know, business owners specifically in that industry because I understood the industry itself. But I really didn't understand what it meant to be a successful business owner. And the reason it was successful is because I was 100% involved, you know, 80 hours a week. Right. Right. But that wasn't, in the end, that wasn't a good plan. You know, that wasn't going to survive. And I've seen, I've bought out multiple sign companies. I've bought out five sign companies. And in almost every instant that I bought the company out, the first thing I looked at was specifically what the company did well and what they didn't do well. And, and, And none of the situations had the business owner done a good job figuring out how to run the business without him. And so it it diminished the value to me for that business. So I was able to buy a lot of those businesses for dimes on the dollar. Um, And, and for me that, that, that was something I didn't want because obviously with five boys and one girl, but the thought was heavy on my mind that one day one of my kids might take over this business. I want there to be some value there and I don't want them to have to work as hard as I'm working. So, so understanding all that, you read the e myth, and I'm, I'm and and what else? Because I know a lot of folks have read the e myth. The first two or three times that I went through it, it really didn't, it didn't yeah, take yeah. it, didn't didn't settle in. So, <clears throat> you, know, you, from what I can tell, you've you've got the you've got it unlocked, and I I I now know it took. It wasn't the E-Myth for me. It was finally uh, uh, e- the EOS entrepreneur operating system that, yeah. that yeah. set me free. Um, but so what, what was the next step in the journey? How yeah. did you? Well, Traction is definitely one of my favorite books. I would put it in the top 10 of my list of books to read if you're going to run a successful business. Um, so, you know, I am a, I'm a numbers guy. I've always been good with numbers. And so when I really dove deep into myself and if you were to ask me 20 years ago, if you had asked me 10 years ago, and if you were to ask me now, I would tell you the most important things in my life. One, two is God and family. And so for me, my faith and family were top two. But if you looked at my life 20 years ago, if you even looked at my life 10 years ago versus now, you would see that there was a transition period that took place during those those time periods. And the transition was me prioritizing the amount of time I was spending within my faith and family versus the time I was spending at work. And what I came to realize is even though I might look at Todd in the face and be very sincere about it, faith and family are the most important to me, Todd. If you looked at the time I was spending between the most important things that I verbally testified to, you would recognize real quick that that doesn't show up on paper because you're spending the majority of your time working and very little time spending time with your family, you know, spending a little time, you know, you know, serving God or doing what I felt, you know, I should be doing as a Christian. So those are the things I felt at as, as, as yep. a father and as a husband. And, and then I, I saw this statistic and it really stuck out to me. I never, I never had seen this before. And I wish someone had introduced me to this, this number long before. And there's a lot of statistics that support what I'm about to tell you is the, the fact is from birth to 18 years old, you'll spend 90% of the hours with your children in that time frame. 
So statistically speaking, from birth to 18, you'll spend 90% of your time with your, the time you'll ever spend with your children in that time frame. So that means only from 19 on, when your children leave or go on into adulthood, less than 10% of that time that you'll ever spend with your children is during that time frame. So the most important time you should be spending with your children is between their childhood till their teenage years and until they graduate. And I thought to myself, wow, I, I can only imagine that most fathers at that time period of their life with their children are seeking to support their children. A lot of them have two, three jobs even just to support the family. And little do they know that that statistic is an actual average across all platforms, whether you're a business owner or not. And here we are as business owners, we're grinding harder than everyone I know. I mean, sometimes I wouldn't come home to my children were in bed and I was getting up before they got up. And so there was days where I didn't even see them. And so I really had to face reality that this was not going to be a good outcome for me. I was going to regret being a great business owner. And I, I, I came to realize too that my kids weren't 20 years from now. My kids weren't going to reflect on me and say, Oh, dad was always at work working hard. You know, I'm so thankful for that. They're, they're, you know, I wanted them to have more to be thankful <laughs> for. And, and so I thought to myself, they'll probably be telling their children, well, I don't want to work as hard as my dad did. And so when I started reflecting on my own, what I was delivering on how I could change that, I started really one of the things I started doing was time blocking. Now, I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever entered into a time blocking phase in your life, but if you, and there's, you know, there's, you, you can look at it different ways on, on, on the way to time block. But one of the things I specifically did is I sought out to figure out as much time as I want to spend with my family. If I, in the perfect world, how much time would I want to spend with them on a weekly basis? And I, and I sought out to do the same thing with, you know, my faith. How can I spend more time? supporting my church, supporting my community. What are the things I can do? So when I time blocked those things, it only gave me a certain amount of time I could spend being a professional, you know, yeah. being at yeah. work, showing up in the office. And I really had to work within those time restraints. And so I obligated myself over time to reduce the amount of time it took me to do things in the office, reduce the amount of time I would have engaging with my staff. And when I realized how quickly I could be more efficient with that time, I, I was able to more than double the efficiency over the course of just a few months. And here I had for a decade done it a certain way. And now I do things literally in a matter of hours that I used to take me a week or more to do. And if any of you have ever vacationed, if you've ever gone on vacation as a business owner, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, okay, I got to go out of town this Friday. I'm going to be gone for a week. I got to get all this work done in that time frame. And next thing you know, you're getting two or three weeks worth of work done in, in, in a 40 hour period that you normally wouldn't be able to get done. It's because you're faced with the time restraint that says, Hey, I've got to get this done in order to enjoy myself. And so you're able to do that and we just don't realize it. And so you just got to learn how to time block and be more intentional about the time you're spending and where you're spending it. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, that is that being able to focus with an intensity on, on whatever, whatever those most important things are that you need to get done. Um, yep. you've, yeah, you've reminded me of several things. So going back to your values, right. And I, and I talk about this, this isn't the first time, but I'll, I'll reiterate in my own words that you, know, you, you mentioned faith and family are one and two. And yet when you look at the calendar, like look over the last two weeks, is it really 
Um, and I'm listening yeah. to a podcast that Chris McCluskey did from Professional Christian Coaching Institute. He talks about this very thing, like these lifestyle values that we say, oh, this is, this is me and I, you know, I'm family's number one. Well, then why are you golfing every Saturday from, you know, from 8 a.m. to noon without, <laughs> without your kids, right? That sort of thing. And so the lesson I learned, and I, I think you've, you've already alluded to it is in this time blocking, the first thing that goes in the calendar is, is, those things that you say are most important. So family, um, your, your faith, like, okay, what's that look like? Is it just a Sunday morning thing? Is it Sunday and Wednesday evening? And then where's your alone time with God, et cetera. And then, and then self-care, um, build those in first work will mm-hmm. fill up, right? That's Parkinson's law. <clears throat> Work's going to fill up to whatever time you leave available to it, especially as a business owner. Um, so getting those things scheduled first, uh, sets you up very well for, um, living up to the values that you're espousing that, Hey, fa- family and, and faith are first and second. So they go on the calendar first and then work fits in beyond that. Yeah. So as you, as you look forward to 2020, the rest of 2024, what are you most excited for uh, on the horizon? Well, I think for me, I will always, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a praying man. Obviously I've shared that I'm a man of faith, and so I pray for discernment on a daily basis. I pray for discernment and wisdom. And the and one of the things I find um, you know, very interesting is one of the things I also did at that time was I, I gave my business over to God. I was just like, you know what? Paul's not the smartest guy in the room. I already know that. But I know who's in control of all things, and that's God. And so for me, I specifically, you know, resonated sp- with other Christian business owners when I realized you know what? They have joy and happiness that I didn't have at the time. And what what was their reason? It wasn't because of material things. It wasn't because they weren't applauding themselves for being successful in business. They were applauding themselves because of the time they were spending, like we were talking about, specifically with their family and their faith. And so I thought to myself, I was like, what, what defines me as being successful? Well, people really reflect on me as a business owner. So I realized that Paul's attempts to be successful was in vain. You know, everything I was seeking to learn and do was in vain unless I was doing it ultimately with the right intention. Now, if this is going to help my family, if this is going to help my, my ability to invest in my time with my family, then I want to do this. And so I just started praying that God would open up the opportunities and they would fall in my lap rather than me having to go seek for them. And I can't explain it to you any other way, but I can tell you, I just mentioned the fact that I bought out five sign companies. Every one of those five sign companies came to me. They just literally mm-hmm. made a phone call. They mentioned they were mentioned me to someone else in some conversation. And next thing you know, I'm buying out a sign company that's a hundred years old that has a staff of twenty people that is 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 thriving and doing well. And and it's always been a dream of mine to 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 have a sign company like that. And so it was just for me, I, I look for opportunities daily. I get up with the optimistic approach of what opportunities does God have for me today? And then when the opportunity presents itself, I pray about it. I specifically seek God's will in it. And ultimately, if it, if it, if I feel strongly that this would be something that God would allow, then I, then I expand on it. And so I just, I get up with the excitement of knowing that there's a new adventure around the corner for me. So I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I own six different companies. Uh, different industries. Uh, I'm also uh, into the the lighting industry. Um, 
I have a, a, a design build landscape company. I have a sign manufacturing company. Um, I have a Christmas light company. Um, and <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've just expanded into manufacturing through the lighting company I have. Now I just recently purchased a manufacturing company. I'm 50% owner of a lighting company out of Texas that's been around since 2012. And so God has just opened those doors that ultimately would have never been open to me had I continued down the path of trying to do it my way and doing things in vain. So my, my days uh, are exciting. Every day I get up and I'm thinking what, what new opportunities are out there. And I, 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 I can only tell you that from my experience of trying to do it my way, trying to do it the world's way and the way that I felt, you know, was best because of every book I had read or the mentoring I did have and not falling specifically what God had for me was, was a struggle. And then when I just totally depended on God, the door started opening. And if you pray for discernment, I feel strongly if you're a man of faith or a woman of faith, you pray for that. I feel like that, that it's, it's that subconscious and unconscious, you know, uh, working with the conscious start, they start dialing in to know what's right and wrong. Like, this is good. This is not good. And I've just been very fortunate to make very good judgment calls on business opportunities. Um, I've had, I've had businesses that were thrown in my lap. I actually had a business that did a million dollars in revenue. And the year, the prior year had been around for 27 years. The business owner came to know me. He came to me and offered to sell me the business for a million dollars which was on paper seemed like a pretty decent deal based on the mm-hmm. equipment they had, the assets, the, the, he owned the building it was a 10,000 square foot building. He said, Paul, I want to sell you this company. And I said, you know what? I, I'm not interested. I just didn't feel the Lord was in it. So I moved on from it. a year later. The guy calls me up, says, you know what? My wife is not doing well. I'm ready to retire. I can't help but think of our conversations. And I felt like that you're the right guy for this company. I want to give you the company. I want to hand it to you and give it to you for free. All the assets you would get, the naming rights, everything. And I just prayed about it and I just didn't feel like it was right. And I turned it down. So a lot of people would say, well, why wouldn't you take the assets at least and sell them off? Because I just didn't feel like it was right. But you know, that guy today has been a friend of mine and we've kept in touch. And he just thought that was an interesting situation where I turned down the opportunity to be in possession of assets that were well worth over three to four hundred thousand dollars why would a fire sell them and i didn't take it for free at the time and i said you know what it just did not align at the time with things that were going on with my family and things that i had intentionally sought out to do and i felt like it was going to consume too much of my time a month later a month later COVID happened where things were getting shut down and when i realized you know at the time i didn't understand specifically why I didn't take that business venture on because I could have tackled it. It just would have had to been me sacrificing that time away from my family. But like Mm -hmm. I said, a month later, unknown to me at the time, what was going to happen with COVID, it would have consequently probably put me in in a default somewhere. And it would have sacrificed other businesses or things I was doing well because I had taken on this free handout of a business and so I was th- so thankful at the time that I followed my gut and, and God had given me, given me discernment to make that decision, even though it seemed really odd to me that I was making that decision at the time. That's an amazing example, though, of um, just the, the incredible power that comes from spending time 
with God, with the Lord, right? Because you don't, at least the sense I get in my experience, if I'm running around busy, taking care of everything and, and uh, not spending time in the word, not spending time in prayer, I don't get those opportunities to be guided by him, right? And so right. just as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk about that, I get the sense that you're actually in communication with God, um, willing to, even, even though it maybe doesn't seem logical to our American capitalist brain, even though maybe that doesn't seem logical at the time, but to be willing to follow and say, okay, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't feel like I'm in alignment. I'm going to pass on this seemingly amazing opportunity. And you shared that there wasn't one hint of any regret or doubt that you did the absolute right thing in, in passing it by. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing, too, is and you mentioned, you know, just ha having that type of tight relationship and in communication with God. It's the same thing we should be doing as business owners, you know, be in, be have a, a, an inner circle of good, godly men, men, fathers, you know, but and be intentional about who the, 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 the inner circle is. Be intentional about finding people who specifically seek out to have success in their home front and in their personal lives as much as they do in business. And so what I found is for a long extended amount of time in business, all I saw after was these successful business owners. But when I looked at their track record at home, it just wasn't that good. And I realized, okay, how can you have both? I don't know if you know this, Todd, but it was a very, it was a, it, it, it was another reality moment for me. And not that I've ever dealt with struggles, you know, uh, 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 of my life and its purpose, but I know people that have, but when I looked up statistically business owners, the suicide rate is higher amongst business owners than it is amongst any other population of people in the work world. And that just blew wow. my mind, but it's because it's the stress is so high and they lose that, that, that life at home and they don't have that personal connection with people. And yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, the, the stress is high, and it's also unless unless they do what you described, get in a group, find some peers. There's a sense of isolation because yeah. a lot of the, you know, their, their circle of friends isn't necessarily business owners. They think they're well, they don't think they are going through it alone, right? They're, they're, they're dealing with the, the the challenges, the struggles, the problems, the the team, the employees, whatever they are, in isolation, and and so. Add to that the stress, and yeah, it's it's a recipe for for bad things, and it's a it's a sad statistic that you just shared. That's the how high the suicide yeah. rate is amongst it. So yeah, no, and the and the divorce rate is also higher amongst business mm -hmm. owners. So you think about that, and it's it's a reality we live in. And it's like, how can we make a difference to help each other? you know, to recognize that there's more to life. What is your true purpose, right? I mean, obviously you have different talents than I do. And I know that there's plenty of people I've met in the years I've been in business. I've met some super talented people, but yet they, if you were to look at their story, you would say that's, how can that guy have wasted all those talents? So I think the real, you know, thought I have in myself is how can I continue to be purposeful in everything I do? So, yeah. You know, things I was doing five years ago, I didn't become complacent and think to myself, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I always thought, okay, every day is a new day. God might steer me in a totally different direction. And I hope I'll meet that call. And so for me, that's that's where I find the stamina to continue to do what I do and work as hard as I do. I've been successful, you know, financially on paper, but that's just a blessing. 
you know, that comes mm-hmm. with it. But that isn't guaranteed. The real blessing is the love and the satisfaction I get back home when I see my family that is happy. And, you know, I know that I'm setting foundational, you know, stability in the, in, in the thoughts and memories of my children of who I am as a father and what they will have going forward. And so I hope I can change that statistic too, where my kids are so close to me that from 19 on, we spend more time together and the 90% will be from, from that point on. So I, I, I I like those kind of statistics because I want to be the guy that discovers the root cause of that and, and determine to myself how I can change that statistic into something much different than what it is on average. Yeah. Yeah. What what can we do to change those numbers in a, in a positive direction? So, yeah. yeah, as I, Years ago, I got involved with CBMC, Christian Businessmen's Connection, uh, 2013 or so. And it was transformational for me because it switched kind of like your trend, like it switched how I thought about business. Um, it was, you know, business, our businesses ought to serve us. Um, and so many of, as we've discussed, right, small business owner, the entrepreneur gets so wound up in that business, they are unable to, to serve and have the impact that the positive impact that they could have that I think most of them have been called to because they're in the weeds of the business all the time. And so if, if there's folks like you, myself, that we can, we can reach out, serve business owners, whatever, whatever that looks like to help them create a business that provides freedom for them uh, in their time and their finances so that they in turn can serve their families fully, their churches, their communities it just it changes the landscape completely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I can tell you that, and I've been around billionaires, millionaires, and the most excited I get is meeting those who have success at home. Um, I used to be very excited to be in the same room with those, you know, people who had, w- 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 from the business perspective, would be considered the guy to be in the room with. And then what I came to recognize is there's very few of them that actually have the success back home. And I could tell you, I've learned more and more from those guys um, specifically that seek out to be purposeful in their life and, 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 and very intentional about the time they spend with their family. I've learned more from those guys about how to be a better business owner than I have from those guys who are financially well off. And so Mm. To me, that that's kind of the driving force I have, right? It's it's as much as I've been successful on paper and you know business has been great. I seek to to be more success known for my success at back home, and so I feel like that is true happiness. And that type of the type of happiness can't be compared to anything you could get material wise. I agree a hundred percent. And as you're as you're talking about the guys in the room that have the success and the success in families reminded me of early in the conversation, we were talking about mentors and at 18 or 20 or even 25, we didn't know what to look for. We weren't mature enough to go seek out a mentor. I'm sharing this part for all the potential mentors out there listening, go find a mentee because you do know what they need and what they're looking for. And I I guarantee if you just, Ask around, ask your pastor, ask, uh, yeah, associates, friends, but ask if they know a young person that could use some mentoring. I promise you, God will provide a mentee for you. And it's such high value. 
um, that you can offer uh, the next generation. In addition to, of course, as we talked, being there for your family and, and making that the priority and creating success, not just at work, but all around. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, I'm I, I'm very blessed. If you had asked me 15 years ago if I was blessed, <laughs> I probably would have had a different response. Um, but I, I'm glad I recognized it early enough in my time with my children where it wasn't too late. And then I, I was scrambling to try to figure out how to salvage that relationship. And so all my children were still young enough when I figured it out. And unfortunately, a lot of fathers don't figure it out until later. And, and sometimes it's too late. Right. Yes, sadly it is. So I am, uh, I'm happy for you. I'm grateful that you got that, that you for, grateful that you had the awareness that God showed it to you before it was too late so that you can, so that you can be on this podcast with me saying, I, I, I figured this out and I'm, and you're willing to help others do the same. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyone can do it. I, I told you earlier, if I can do it, anyone can do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, as we as we get close to to landing the plane, um, if you would share with the listeners one important or impactful question that we ought to be considering as we go through twenty twenty four. Well, you know, one of the things I I specifically had to to change. Um, you know, I I think everyone can recognize w- what I mean by this, but. Whether it doesn't matter what your belief system is, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, politically speaking. None of that matters. At the end of the day, there's negativity on both sides. There's negativity in this world in general. The news outlets, the radio, the the um, the the social media. There's more negativity being filtered through all of that than 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 it ever has been. People thrive off of negativity. Um, you know, this might sound strange, but even when it comes to my choice of movies, I, I'm very considerate of what kind of, what the theme and the message is, the outcome is, because I found that I was listening to a lot of talk radio over the last 10 years up to this point where I made this transition. And, you know, I was, I was very politically minded because as a business owner, I'm like, you know, our politics matter. Right. It matters how engaged I am. So I was getting a lot of the information from the sources that were opposing the current views or whatever the case may be. And even though I agreed with the the thought behind the individual that was sharing his thoughts, at the end, I was always mad. I was always upset. I was always looking at things from a negative perspective and a, a negative mindset. And so I'd go to bed with that thought of how our economy is bad and how everything's bad. And then I said, you know what? I can't, I can't do this daily. I'm waking up, I'm going to bed. I'm, I'm going through the same routine. It's negative, negative, negative. And, and then I also read a, a statistic where, and this is for parents. This is for adults. This is not for children or teenagers. 90 minutes on average a day. The average adult spends being unproductive on their cell phones. Now that's just Mm. for cell phones being unproductive. And what I was doing at the time is every morning I was getting on there and I was going to the news 
And I went to see what happened overnight. And I was so yeah, interested. Yeah. Right before I went to bed, I was going to the news and I would end up spending 30 minutes or so. You know, time just would fly by. And so what I did is I cut that stuff out of my life. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't pick up my cell phone in the morning. Um, I don't even check to see if anybody texts me. I, I really very rarely do that. I get up with the intention of spending time investing in my health. And investing in, 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 in mentoring myself through different avenues. I, I'm part of a couple of different programs myself. Um, and, and each morning I have certain things tasked for me to do. And I'll sit in my massage chair. I'll do my devotions. You know, that's the only reason I use my cell phone is I do have my devotional app and I use that specifically for that reason. But I, I make it, it my intention not to filter too much information from the outside other than what I intentionally have sought out to do. And I make sure I cut off any negative emotion that could, you know, be invested into having a negative emotion myself. So everything I try to do is positive. Um, one of the things I do in the shower every morning is I got a few uh, YouTube videos that I've saved. I've collected a, a source of videos that I've saved and I'll listen to them. They're just positive affirmation, you know, um, YouTube videos, you know, pump up motivational videos and I'll just listen to them. I'm not even watching them, but I'll set it on my shower ledge and I'll turn that on while I'm in the shower. And every morning I get out before I get out, I put it on cold, you know, sit there for 30 seconds let the cold water hit me as I'm pumping myself up. I get out and I'm as motivated as, you know, Tom Brady playing in a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Even for a 44 year old, I get as excited about what I'm about to face today as I was the, the first time, you know, I had an opportunity, uh, to, to land the biggest deal. So I can only tell you that ridding yourself of negative, uh, of any negative things in your life, whether it's people, whether it's, uh, the, the things you're sourcing your materials from is, is a good thing to do and try to, you know, find positive sources to, to inject into your brain daily. And that to me has been the, the stamina and, and the jubilee I need on a daily basis to get me up and motivate me. And, and it gets me excited. It gets me excited to, for the work day. It gets me excited about what opportunities lie ahead of me. And so just don't get so caught up in everything that's going on in the political world or the economy. Well, that is out of our control. And so we've got to still support a family. We still got friends and a network of people that depend on us. And if you have employees, I have quite a few. They depend on me. And I realize that. And a lot of time, it's just this right here, this face showing up with a smile. It has little to do with what I have up here, believe it or not. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if I'm filtering negative information into my brain every morning and every night, and I wake up and I come in because the economy is bad or because whoever the president is, I'm probably going to show that externally and people are going to yep. recognize it. They're not going to want to work for me. Yep. But yeah, so much truth there. Uh, so, so folks, what, what negativity can you cut out? Um, yeah. Sort through that and get it cut out. And then what can you add in that's positive and set yourself up for, for, for better days, day in, day out. Paul, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, for for sharing your life, your business wisdom, and just wisdom in general. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Listeners, thank you for being here. As always, so appreciative of your willingness to to tune in and, and hear what we're talking about. 
I'm going to leave you with this. Of course, whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever huge dream God has put on your heart, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life. And I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.